and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm your Smoke Master General, Trey Dedman, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. So, smoker's etiquette question. Okay. So, I bought you a nice cigar for your birthday. You did. And I bought myself the same cigar. Mm-hmm. Does that make you feel less important or does it make you feel camaraderie that I'm willing to smoke it along with you, being as it's the first time both either of us have smoked this cigar, or is it just me thinking too much? It's you think that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I think you're reading way too much into it. Okay. I, it's a it's a nice cigar, and it and it was a it, it was a thoughtful gift, and and I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to. I didn't realize you were smoking the same thing because I went ahead and looked it up. Well, I had to. So I was actually um, big big. Um, I hate, the, I, hate the, I hate the term shout out. Okay. I hate the term shout out. I hate the term ups. I would like to award a certificate of a recognition kudo. of recognition certificate of recognition to George here at the cigar shop at Crown, and all because I seen these Rocky Patel sixties behind the counter, and they were just sitting there, and I said, "Hey, have those been checked in yet? Is that where I can buy those? Because we've been talking about the sixty for right. a while." Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to smoke it on the show. And he went the extra mile to look up to be sure it had been in the inventory and to get it out there where we could actually purchase them to enjoy tonight. That's excellent. And uh, so I, I really appreciate George going the extra mile for me here this evening. And also, uh, but we're smoking the Rocky Patel 60, aged two years according to the box. I've got the box top here. <laughs> according to the box, is. <laughs> Nicaraguan in origin, Nicaraguan binder and filler, and a San Andreas, San Andreas wrapper. Is that not the oiliest San Andreas you've ever seen? It's a very oily San Andreas. I mean, that's a, I love the I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm by no means critiquing it, but that's definitely as shiny and oily as San Andreas. And this is the Toro. It only comes in the Toro and the Robusto. They don't have a... They've got a 6x60 and a half Corona as well. Oh, do they have a 6x... Well, it would make sense that the 60 would have a 6x60. Right. But this is the Toro. This is the 6.5x52. And, or 54. 52 or 54 one. 50, 6.5x52. 52. I was right the first time. Go with your first Go instinct. with your gut. And uh, so, looking forward to this. I think this is going to be a great smoke. I really have high hopes for this cigar. Yeah, you know, I'm not a huge Rocky fan, as I've said on the show before. I do not smoke a lot of Rocky. However, that being said, their special cigars like this, like the 50th, they're good. Like, they they take the extra time and attention for these types of cigars to that it tends to hit my palate better than their regular line stuff. And I don't know. I used to smoke a lot of Rocky. I, just, I don't know if their blends changed or if my palate changed or some combination of the two well the edge is done so well and if you can make an inexpensive cigar that well that really matters that's that's really a big deal so it would only make sense that your higher end stuff would still perform well yeah so it's going to be interesting and i'll just put the clip on mine and i say you're going to do the v are you doing the? i'm going to do i i don't remember i don't know what it was that made me think of this but I think I was listening. So I went back and I listened to an old episode of the show. It was episode 96. We were just babies at the time. And we didn't say anything about it during the show, but for whatever reason, it reminded me. That didn't handle that very well. Of. We were talking about. In that episode, we were talking about the differences in cuts and how the. 
the straight cut is kind of the nuclear option. You know, try the punch, try the V. If you're still not getting it, like, you can always do right. that later. And it reminded me that I haven't done that in a very long time. Oh, the double V. The, the cross cut, the crucifix, if you will. Right. And whatever cigar I was smoking when I was listening to that episode, I did it, and I remembered how much I love cutting my cigar this way. It's a little bit more effort, and it requires a better than average constructed cigar to be able to handle being able to cut be cut twice but on a cigar like this i know it can handle it it's it's definitely the way to go uh, on first light it's excellent i really like nothing standing out it's not a fernandez it doesn't kick you in the teeth it's blended well getting a lot of depth out of it um very oaky kind of earthy to me and i i don't I don't want you to, to think that I'm poo-pooing on your gift because I'm not. But this is something that I've noticed that, especially with higher-end, you know, limited edition stuff that people are doing. And I just knocked it in the floor. The amount of paper that goes into, this has a, a regular band, a sec- secondary band, a foot band, and a wrap. And a wrap <laughs> piece of paper. There's, I, I could take notes for a doctoral level course on the amount of paper that's included with this cigar. Yeah, and the, you know, I'm I'm Tatuaje. They're very simple. Whatever their cigar is, just a straight band. Now, I would like them to put the name of the cigar on that there. That would be handy, yes. And, uh, you know, my wife has won the monster game three years in a row, and I've got a couple of monsters in my humidor right now that I don't know if they're the Michael, the Bride, right. or the, you know. The Kruger was a different shape, so that was easy to... But to that point, I mean, this one has a a special primary band that is only... This design is only featured on this cigar. Secondary band says 60 on it. The foot band says 60 on it. (laughs) You know, there's just... I I get it. It's the 60th. You're proud of it. Go, Good for you. But, like, I don't need to have to go to the recycling center after I open my cigar. Save a tree for crying out loud, Rocky. (laughs) I mean, holy cow. But yeah, I, I do. I really like the flavor of this. That's a great flavor. Very, um, in my opinion, very Padron esque, and that may be because it's that Padron shape and all. And that box press is always going to draw just a little smoother than most others are. But very smoky. Really like that. I mean, you got a plume of smoke going over there, like you got your car on fire. And all, but um, oh, that does have a really interesting flavor on first light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got a, a got sweetness. A, mm-hmm. Got a real lot of. I'm getting a lot of oakiness. I'm getting just a lot of that. It reminds me. So, if someone were to tell me that that flavor I was getting was from barrel age, you know, mm-hmm. that became the the big thing for a long time. Is aging cigars in bourbon barrels or whatever? If that's what bourbon barrel aging a cigar tasted like, it would work. You'd be more on board. Because that's, you, that oakiness paired with the sweetness, it's almost it's almost like a dark liquor kind of flavor. So before we get into the show proper, I do have to say something that happened last night that made me laugh. So since we've started doing poker at two locations, doing it at Big Boys and at Crown, mm-hmm. And having a pretty good game. We had 14 at Big Boys last night. We had 15 here at Crown last week. And we're averaging, you know, 10 to 10 to 17 people, just depending on what night. 
And uh, I said, okay, well, we're going to do two monster games this year. So I called Robbie and said, hey, set aside a box of Monster Mash for us. Called Austin, set aside a box of Monster Mash for us. And the suggestion was put forth, I won't say by whom, that if my wife won one of the games, she not be allowed to play in the other one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's quite... <laughs> no, if you buy in, you buy in. That's, that's sort of what I'm thinking. But I, I do think it's interesting that all of these gentlemen that play with us are going to be quaking in fear of my wife and her skills at the monster game. What, what I think would be really <laughs> funny would be, so let's say you get 14 or 15 to show up to this at the, when the time comes based on uh, attrition to combine tables, you stop. And then the next week when you're at Big Boys, you do the same thing. And then the third week, the people, you do it tournament style. And then only <laughs> the people who, have, who had made it to the final table the previous two weeks get to come together and play for both boxes. That's interesting. Interesting concept. Well, the problem the, is it's so many of the same people that play at each location right. that you would it would be really tough to field a table of that many people. Well, and so when we do our standard poker game, everybody is allowed one rebuy, and somebody can give you their rebuy if they ain't going to use it. So you've got a couple of rebuys. When we do the monster game, there's no rebuys. Right. It's winner take all, one time, that's it. So... All of the guys that are used to playing more aggressively have to be very cautious. Right. And my wife, not playing aggressively, is right in her wheelhouse. Yeah. And especially because if you're the kind, if you're a kamikaze poker player, for example, and you and you have to change your strategy, then you're more likely to give up a tell. You're more likely to, you know, bird dog a hand. Because you're not used to playing that way. And so it becomes a, a really, really big challenge. Yeah, it's, it's much more difficult, but uh, it kind of plays to my wife's strengths, which is one of the reasons she wins that game so often, is it really does play into her, to her hands, if you will. But all right, let's talk about a new cigar. All right. Aganor Salif adds new size to the JFR Lunatic Torchline. We haven't really talked about anything new from Aganorsa in a while. We've talked about new things that come out of that factory on other labels, but we really haven't talk, talked about new stuff from Aganorsa in a while. Well, then the Lunatic line is one of my favorite lines. Very inexpensive, and you can get a lot of cigar for the money. And then this is the torch, the torch line de designated by the fuzzy end, the shaggy foot. Right. And, all. and they're adding a Robusto, which the Lunatics are known for being bigger sticks. So I'm interested to see how this Robusto, if people walk their way into it or not. But my, you know, my complaint with the Lunatic is that it's too big. You know, so I, you know, we talked about this a few months ago with AJ Fernandez announcing a new world in a round Vitola versus a box press. And I'm all for that because that's two great tastes that taste great together for me, you know. Um, I, I smoke that cigar and love it in spite of the fact that it's a box press, not because of it. This is the same kind of thing for me. If you can take a cigar that I would probably otherwise like, but you don't make it in a size that I want to smoke, and you and you meet me in in my sandbox, I'll, we we can build a castle together. And this is the same blend as the regular Lunatic, which they don't note in this article that we happen to be reading, but it's a Nicaraguan Puro, I'm sure. Yeah. And, um, you know... Aganor's Leaf just makes good stuff. Yeah, I don't think there's uh, 
anything that comes out of that factory that you and I don't at least appreciate. There may be some things that don't hit us, and there may be some stuff that we don't go to. I mean, well, the Lunatic's a perfect example of something I don't smoke very often, but it's not because I don't like the cigar. Well, and a lot of times when I smoke the Lunatic, I end up smoking one because it's a six, eight by 60. Right. And I can have one and sit here with the brain trust and spend the evening. Yeah. You know, it only have to have one cigar. So... Aston Ships, La Roma de Cuba Passion. And uh, is it Passion or Passion? How do you pronounce it? And Passion, but Passion. Yeah, passion. It's fine. Passion, same thing. And, uh, and here's the thing I love about this cigar. No gimmick. Just a straight up, okay, this is going to be a My Father cigar, and this is going to, or it comes out of the My Father factory. Um, is the from the Garcia's farm in Namanji, east of Esteli, Nicaragua, for those of you following on a map at home. <laughs> and I was uh, even reading along with that, and I still didn't quite get it all. That's <laughs> that's a mouthful. And uh, it's going to get, you know, they've got it. It's interesting because they've got it in a 5 and 5 eighths by 46, a 5 and a half by 50, a 7 by 49, a six and an eighth by 54. So they've got a bunch of sizes in this they, cigar. They do. They even go up to your six by 60. Uh, you know, I'm growing out of the six by 60s. Yeah. I really am. I'm moving out of them in my life. I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I would rather smoke two Toros and really enjoy it as to have a 660 that has too much filler in it. Right. And I'll, but straight up, no gimmick needed. This is just called the Passion. And they're not, you know, they're not doing anything fancy here. It's just what they do well. It's a Nicaraguan Puro capped off by a shade-grown wrapper from Garcia's Farm in Namanji. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, though. I mean, is it because your big thing is the fact that there's no gimmick with this. And I'm just wondering, is it? I'm, I'm thinking back to new releases over the past you know, year and a half or so. Have they pretty much all had gimmicks? Is this the first just plain new cigar from somebody in a while? Yeah, I mean, we've had everything from board games to, you know, special sizes. We must have missed that, some stuff because there's no way that everything has been gimmick and kitschy and, and people have just stopped releasing new cigars. Well, even gimmicky from the standpoint of... Just okay. We're going to go into this long story. We know the cigar we're, the cigar we're smoking is a gimmicky cigar. I wouldn't say that. Age two years, and it's the sixty, and it's no, got a that's, got a ream of paper in the binder or in the in no, the wrapper. I would, I would not call this a gimmick cigar at it's got, all. It's kind of a gimmick cigar for for what they're charging for it. It's kind of a gimmicky cigar. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, the the aged. I know you think everyone lies when they say that they age their cigars for a long time, or they find it in the back of a warehouse or whatever. But I've talked to some people in the industry. It does legitimately happen. Well, of course they're going to say that. What are they going to do? <laughs> this particular guy said it about a cigar that wasn't in his company's portfolio. Okay. So I'm more inclined to believe it. But that carries a little more weight. Yeah. But I, yeah. So I mean, someone celebrating an anniversary. That's like calling the Padrone. 80th a gimmick cigar. That's not a gimmick cigar. Well, I like it. I mean, the $600 humidor that it came in, maybe, but... That was, yeah, that was kind of <laughs> gimmicky. And all the you know, I like it when the cigar is so good, it doesn't... A gimmick is probably the wrong word. Let's call it a hook. Okay. The cigar doesn't need a hook. It's right. just, okay, this is a La Roma. It's going to be a good cigar. We're not going to get fancy. It's, it's everything Pete Johnson releases. Hey, it's a Tatawahe it's a great Smoke cigar. It. Smoke it. And all, with the exception of the monsters. Right. 
<laughs> but that's kinda, a gimmick cigar. That's a gimmick cigar at all. But I, I like that it doesn't have a hook. So Fierro or Ferio Tagos Timeless Collection returns to shelves next week. So this is interesting to me. So this is the new. So uh, Frio Tego is the new uh, brand from Michael Herclaus, and so uh, uh, formerly of Nat Sherman. And if am I remembering correctly that Nat Sherman, even though they boarded up, that they that the company was actually the name of the company was actually bought by somebody. Am I remembering that correctly? Probably are. So I'm surprised that they were able to roll the name Timeless off of whatever agreement that was in. This seems like an intellectual property dispute waiting to happen. I'm, I'm, Herklotz has been around long enough that he wouldn't have done it if this weren't on the up and up. But I'm just really surprised that they're not having to say, this is called the timepiece, and it might be familiar to you if you liked our... Well, but if you're the guy that bought that Nat Sherman property, and you're like, okay... I'm not making a timeless cigar. I can make a few shekels from this guy using the timeless name. Well, he I, basically created this brand. Yeah, let him have it. Maybe, maybe it's just somebody's being nice. You're, yeah, but in business that happens so infrequently, you can certainly understand my cynicism. You know, it's much more likely that he would wait until this releases and then sue them. One of the joys of dealing with big business is, you know, Selling, I'll tell you this from real estate, selling a house is a pain in the neck. Selling a 200-lot subdivision is easy because everybody there knows what they're doing. You're not dealing with the onesie-twosies that are trying to, you know, that don't know what they're doing. So I think sometimes that just happens, that good business just gets done. Don't, no, I, I completely agree with that. I, I understand that that does happen, but all you have to do is open a Wall Street Journal and you see that it's not the norm. It probably is the norm. It's just the, the more sensational pieces sell newspapers. So if you're opening the Wall Street Journal, they're not going to tell I you was, about I'm, the deals I'm that I'm not actually well. talking about reading the Wall Street Journal. I was, I was just saying... Well, but I'm saying this. If you're going to nitpick. By and large, sensation. Well, words matter. By by and large, sensation. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Whenever you hear me say words matter, that's me jabbing Trey (laughs) with a sharp stick. Um, But what I'm saying is you never hear about the drug deals that go well. The guy that just shows up and buys an eight ball from his dealer and goes home and enjoys himself with six hookers and has a great has the best day of his life. You only hear about the ones where it's laced with something and three of the hookers die and two of them grow a second head. Those are the ones that they want to publish. I think in big business, there's a lot more really good deals. And I know my experience in big business is a lot more really good deals go through and there's, okay, everybody did what they're supposed to. Where's, where's well, the news? And I'm not, yeah. The thing is, is I, I don't deny that that happens on a regular basis. I, I'm just surprised that in a situation where a company was bought in receivership and it, that, especially in the age of patent trolls and, and in an age where people specifically buy businesses like this in this condition to be able to only fight for their intellectual property of that, it just, it surprises me that this would be able to happen. Well, and I will say, being as um, 
Herklotz is such an old hand in the business, he probably had this planned out and laid out prior to the sale. And I said that at the top. I mean, this guy knows his way around the cigar business. He definitely wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't a, a good move. I'm looking forward to this. I'm curious because I like the Timeless. I always have. Um, I even smoked it after all the brouhaha with Nat Sherman back a couple of years ago. Will you, now that it's no longer tied to all of that mess, will you smoke one of these? Probably, but it's going to start out in the hole. If every cigar starts out with me at a five and can either work its so way I've up to So I've got to take a, the band off of it before I give it to you. Yeah, cool. it'll either have to work its way. You know, if every cigar starts at a five and can work its way to a seven or down to a three, this is probably going to start at a four for me. Just being completely intellectually honest. Yeah. And, and I understand that. And it's also being a Nat Sherman product originally or blended to that profile, it, it's a bit lighter. It's a bit more on the mellow side than you would typically smoke at this hour of the day. Now, but here's the here's the other interesting thing since we're delving deeply into my psyche as I'm evaluating cigars. If um, Miami Cigar came out with the Timeless, probably would start pretty even with me. If a, if a cigar company I had heard of prior to them coming out of the Timeless brought this cigar out, a... Roma Craft, a you know Tatawahe, anybody. I've got a bone to pick with Roma Craft. <laughs> you, anyone who listens to this show for any period of time knows that I'm a big fan of Roma Craft. Someone, I think it was either Andy Yaffe or someone in in the industry made a post on Facebook yesterday about the, the people who come into a shop and ask for. Um, you know, ask for new cigars. They never darken the door. They buy all their stuff online, but then they hear about a super exclusive that comes out. They come into your, they have one, and then they go buy it online. And someone who I respect incredibly highly in this industry, who owns four shops in the DFW area, some of you know who I'm talking about because I've mentioned him by name on the show before, came out to a point of just saying that yeah that's a that's a bonehead move i don't it's it's a it's a gut punch sure and skip uh whose last name escapes me at the moment um of roma craft just laid into him you know and i was like you know to to for anyone to talk to lee the way that skip did yesterday i'm hoping it was in jest, and I'm hoping that's their relationship. I don't know well enough. I haven't reached out to Lee yet. But, man, it's going to be a while before I buy another Roma Craft based on that exchange alone. But have you ever heard anybody say, oh, those, Ro- those guys at Roma Craft are great guys to work with? I haven't heard the opposite. Oh, I have. Have you? I've heard it numerous times. I mean, the proprietor here. Well, but that's a little, that's a little bit different because I know some of the background of that particular story. But... Well, and just dealing with Roma Craft in general, and I know somebody that was trying to open a Roma Craft account, and they were just totally, you know, totally not. If you meet Al McAuliffe, he's the greatest guy ever. Right. Andy Yaffe represents McAuliffe, greatest guy ever. Kyle with Drew Estate, greatest guy ever. And all, but there's some people, you know, Steve Saka and others like that, that get the reputation of just not being great people to deal with. It's interesting you bring up Steve Saka because he was commenting on that post as well. <laughs> and uh, so That tells you a lot, I think. Speaking of people that are not nice guys, and all, house tax bill includes massive cigar tax increase. 
The new major tax bill proposed by Democrats in the House of Representatives would dramatically increase the federal tax on tobacco products. And uh, so they want to do a Build Back Better Act on the back of tobacco. President Joe Biden's domestic agenda said it would cost $3.5 trillion, and apparently they want to saddle tobacco with those costs. Why are we spending $3-point-whatever-trillion on anything right now, first of all? It just it, it doesn't make sense. I, I, this, this made me so angry because you're right. They're, they're trying to fund this huge initiative pretty much on the back of tobacco. And it makes me wonder, like, okay, let's say that you're going to get $96 billion of this $3.5 trillion budget line item out of the tobacco industry. I realize that you think that people who buy tobacco will always buy tobacco because they're hooked, regardless of how much it costs. But that's simply not true. So what happens when you price the consumer out of this market, which is funding your initiatives? Eventually, you lose your budget, first of all. Secondly, I think this goes back to something I've talked on this show about many times before, and it's two things that we as cigar smokers need to do a much better job about. Number one is we need to change our image. So many people, especially our elected representatives, look at cigar smokers as the monopoly man. That doubling the price of a cigar is not going to affect how much we smoke and whether or not we smoke at all. And that's simply not true for 85% of the people in any given cigar shop. If you, there is a point at which you can raise the, the prices and, and, and put it out of reach. And if you talk about on a cigar going from approximately, uh, where was it, 40 cents in tax per cigar up to uh, $1.78, so increasing it three and a half times, you're, you're killing the, the very thing that you're, you're biting the hand that feeds. Yeah, it's. I mean, you look here on a seven by seventy, they're wanting to go from forty cents to six hundred and seventy percent increase. Yeah, the the tax difference would go up to three dollars and a and ten cents. So, yeah. the basically what they've done is, right now the for large cigars, the current language is fifty two point seven five percent of the import price, capped at forty cent forty point two six cents per cigar. The bill is going to turn that into $49.56 per pound at no less than $0.10 per cigar. And a more than 16-time increase on the tax on pipe tobacco? Yeah. Um, Double the tax on small cigars. Double the tax on roll-your-own-tobacco. Double the tax on cigarettes, both small and large. Have you ever heard of a large cigarette? What the heck's a large cigarette? The, other, the second thing that we have got to do a better job of is we have got to start making a, a better case for how cigars are not big tobacco. This is, these are not the people that are hooked and are going to smoke until the day they die. These are not the people who are just going to fund your pet projects while you continually kick them in the teeth just saying, yes, sir, can I have some more? We've got to do a much better job of explaining the difference of 
of showing why this is different, why this doesn't need to be the scapegoat for every little vice tax and everything that comes out. Well, and unfortunately, this is the way politics works. You know, we had this discussion after the podcast last week. They were talking about the shortage of lots in this area. And I said it's because it's not profitable to be a developer in this area because every time they want to fund a school, a street, a sewer improvement, anything, they just rake the developers on it. They just they put a privilege tax. They tell you it's a privilege to own a home. They put a impact fee. They put a you know tax yeah. on tax on tax. And it's because everybody has the image that builders are billionaires. You know right. that all the builders. Oh well, I gave him two hundred fifty thousand dollars for this house. He must get to keep two hundred forty nine of that. And I'll, and it's it's that image. And I think that image transfers here. And it's a soft target. Tobacco's an easy target yeah. if you're a politician. And I'll, if you raise the price, if you wanted to go up we're 16. protecting the children. Yeah, if you wanted to go up 16 times on the cost of baby formula, right. which arguably the fact that people are having babies does a lot more strain on the economy than the, than the cigars do. But that's a tough sell. So I well, think there's I lazy say, politicians. I don't think that people having babies is obviously, and I'm not being defensive because of my current situation, but I don't think people having babies is a strain on the economy. If anything, the extra expenditure is a boon to the economy. Well, but you got to build new schools. you got to have somewhere to school those kids. you got to yeah, have for, all of that. Yeah, but for every kid that goes into school, you've got one coming out. No. <laughs> the population's growing too quick for that. Not in this country. It, it really, it really in this area it is because everyone's moving here. Um, but that's different. If you look nationally, the birth rate's actually stagnating and, and actually going down a little bit. I've never lived Mostly anywhere. it's because people in our generation can't afford to have kids anymore. I've never lived in an area where the school was big enough. Every school I've ever went to in my entire life, and I have lived all over this country, every school I ever went to was overcrowded. Well, but... but uh, we're getting in the weeds here. We're at 30 minutes. You want to take a break? <laughs> yeah, let's take five. When we come back, we'll talk about beards and cigars. We'll be back with that and more after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the old man, now 35 years old, Mr. Trey Deadman. Some things he's told me. The older he gets, the earlier it gets late. He's old. He can remember when emojis were called hieroglyphics. He, know, he knew he was old when people called at 9 p.m. and asked, did I wake you? Old age is when you're faced with two temptations and you choose the one that will get you home by 8.30. And as he gets older, he remembers all the people he lost along the way and thinks maybe the time he spent as a tour guide was not well spent. <laughs> I don't get the last one. You remember all the people you lost the way? Maybe your time lost as a tour guide. was. <laughs> Explain the joke. The joke dies. Oh, well, well. Yeah. I, I was four. Uh, three well, it just out proves of, that my memory is fading as yeah, well. Give, so. give me three out of five on the old man Trey jokes, okay? <laughs> but also... Um, what are you thinking about the 60? I'm enjoying it more than I expected to, to be perfectly honest. It's got good flavor. It's got good draw. Um, I mean, it's. I'm getting a lot of complexity in it. I'm getting a lot of flavors. I think I would know it was a Rocky even if it didn't have the label on it because it does have that Rocky characteristics. Yeah. 
you can kind of tell that blend, but it's very good. I mean, yeah, I, I like it better than I like the 20th. Yeah, for sure. And also, Beards and Smokes Cigar Company brings cigars to the people. This is from the Washington Salem, or excuse me, the Winston Salem Journal. And I'll, and. Is it? What it says I've got a Rockingham now. Oh, okay. Wait, yep. Sorry, the advertisement was for the Winston-Salem oh, Journal. Oh, okay. I was really from confused. From Rockingham now. While attending the Brushy Mountain Apple Festival in North Wilkesboro. It's like they were playing Mad Libs with this article. Brushy Mountain Apple Festival? <laughs> or, I didn't think apples grew in mountainous regions. I always see apples on flat ground. I... I'm so lost already. We, we, came back to, we came back to the second half of the show a little early, apparently. Friends Scott Preston and Porter Wagner, no relation, <laughs> said they both enjoyed cigars. So what they did is they decided to create a mobile cigar lounge and call it Beards and Smokes Cigar Company. Two issues I have with this. Number one, I can't. Now, granted, they're in North Carolina. But I can't think of a whole lot of festivals that would be willing to let this booth be set up. So, you know, you're sitting right next to the, the granny who, you know, needle points, um, perverse pillowcases. And on the other side, you've got the... I didn't know you'd seen the throw pillow in my house. <laughs> and then on the other side, you've got the guy that makes uh, the artisan soaps. No... <laughs> Well, I just I, I feel like a festival organizer is going to have a hard time saying, yeah, come in, set up your booth, and let people smoke. Well, but when you read the article a little deeper, they're talking about having a place for guys to smoke while their wives shop. So I'm kind of seeing this not set up in the festival proper, set up in the parking lot. Maybe. Where a husband could um, drop his wife off to go buy a perverted pillowcase, and he could sit down and have a stick. And, uh, and still get credit for taking her to the, to the flea market or whatever. I don't know. I... It's just, it's interesting. The other thing that I find kind of hard, our beards are our signature, Wagner said. And it makes us stand. I have a beard. I have had facial hair with the exception of race day for the last six years. I, like, I get it. It, it. It's a good look. It makes you look more rugged, makes you look older if that's the kind of thing you're fighting like I am. It's not a personality. Can we stop this? This, this whole beard, my beard is my personality thing that started up about six, ten years ago for a lot of people. Like, can we just stop it? So I see the appeal of the beard from the standpoint of, you know, it's kind of like the reason I like sharpening knives. You put the beard oil in it and you get it yeah. soft and you groom it. Although and you these trim guys it. don't look like they do that. Well, they they sc- actually do sell beard oil out of the back of the truck. <laughs> but... That's not beard oil. <laughs> 10W30. Yeah. But, um, yes, I'm sick of the beard thing. Okay. It takes more to be manly than to have a beard. <laughs> okay. The fact that you can grow a beard like ZZ Top does not necessarily entitle you to all the benefits of manhood. <laughs> That's not what determines whether or not you have a son or a daughter. And, I'll, and, I, and I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand your beard because you look like you're 12 if you don't have a beard. Exactly. And all I can completely understand that I've never had a beard, never had the desire for one, but I enjoy shaving. As part of there part is of it. there is a ritual to shaving that I do enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy a good shave. I, it's very relaxing. Very, you know. Have you ever done the beard thing? Any substantial amount of facial hair beyond just like a week gone camping no. or something? No, never have. 
And usually when I go camping, I, tr- I carry a razor so that I can, you know, at least scrape it off You're a little. You an electric guy or a, sh- or a cartridge oh, no. razor? Straight razor. Straight, or not straight razor, but, ele- but cartridge razor. Yeah. And uh, I, I enjoy a good shave. There's something Knowing about how much it. you appreciate the nuanced... Uh, Behavior with sharpening knives and and the the intricacies of, of a process. I w- I would have been really surprised if you said you're an electric razor guy. Yeah, the electric razor just um, to me it's just cheating. It's like it's turning something that you could make a joy in life into a chore. Yeah, and I'll, it's it, then at that point you're just weed eating your face, and I hate weed eating. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to go about it. So um, yeah, the, the reason I ask is because if you've never had. Uh, a substantial amount of facial hair for any period of time, you are missing out on one of the great joys of life. And Saving it, it all? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, th- th- whenever I have a triathlon, part of my pre-race ritual is to shave my beard. Uh, there have been significant studies on the aerodynamic effa- effects of body and facial hair. It's why swimmers wear swim caps. It's why cyclists shave their legs. It's so that part of my pre-race ritual is to shave the beard off my face. And my cell phone camera roll is full of pictures of me with the Hogan uh, handlebar yeah, mustache. Lawman. One year I did one half completely and then left the other for a little bit. There is so it is so much fun to shave your beard into funky patterns and shapes that you would never walk out of the house with as you go. And, and I, I, I feel bad for you that you've never had the opportunity to experience that. Well, I'll, I'll just leave this to the customer's imagination. You, I do, get, you get that I joy do, in other ways. I do have one of the Manscaped trimmers, which, by the way, are the greatest trimmers ever. So I, I have done some unique designs using using body hair and other I'm gonna areas. I'm going to have to put a parental advisory at the front of this show. I cussed in the first half. You're talking about lawn maintenance in the second half. Hey, it's it's landscaping, baby. If you want the trees to look better, trim the shrubs. <laughs> So, basic landscaping theory is what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but anyway, moving forward. Wow. So, this was an interesting article. It was on Yahoo News. I hate the name of it. Groomzilla Sparks Backlash. I'm just ignoring that part. Yeah, the, the Groomzilla doesn't exist. That's not a thing. Footage of a groom strolling in a wedding ceremony went via, went viral on Twitter. After users called out his behavior, which I think is a bunch of people with more time than they have since. Well, yeah, this is this is very much a what's the rest of your life like kind of scenario. A wedding that they were not in attendance at a groom who they don't know, and they feel it necessary to comment on his behavior. But basically, if you get a chance, go on Yahoo News and just Google Groomzilla, Groomzilla, and it'll tell you. And is that anything like Yahoo News? Yeah, that's what did I say? Yahoo News. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Bunch of yahoos. And all. Great video. He comes in. He's got a drink in his hand. He's got a cigar in his hand. He's wearing a very non-traditional tux. But he's rocking that tux. Is, I wish I could pull that look off because that is awesome. Yeah, and he comes dancing down the aisle with his drink and his cigar. And this is the perfect use of the cigar. Because really what it looks like is the bachelor party never ended. Right. And they just danced him right out of the limo from the strip club into the <laughs> into the chapel. <laughs> that all is really what it looks like. But 
I, I commend him on a great use of a cigar here, a great off-label use of his cigar here, because the dance would not have been just as good if he had just come in sloshing a drink around. You just thought he was a drunk. Yeah, and that's and that's the the great part about this is that it's not it's not the fact that he's got a drink. I mean, I've been to weddings where they open the uh, the cocktail hour ahead of the ceremony. We did that. It, no, we didn't. Um, we thought about it. And so, but I've been where, you know, have a couple of drinks and then go into the, the ceremony. Like it's, um, I, I think that's great. I think if he walks in with just a drink in his hand, yeah, it, it, it creates a look. No, he did do that. Anyway, pairing it with the cigar. You did have the cocktail. Yeah, I thought we did. Ceremony. Yeah, we did. Um, I was confused. Well, it, it's not important. It was and, a busy day for you. A little bit. And uh, so by pairing it with the cigar, it becomes a persona. It becomes a look. It becomes, it becomes a, a... A celebration. A celebration. It becomes a statement. Yeah, and he, he, didn't walk, you know, he didn't walk in looking like he had just staggered out of the limo. He was dressed well. He was well-groomed. He had a cigar in his hand. He had a drink in his hand. That jacket is fire, too. Yeah, just... Just a great-looking deal. I don't know why people feel the need to comment negatively on it, and I'm not going to give them any any credit for that. I'm just going to say this is a great off-brand use of, or off-label use of a cigar, which brings us to our topic. What are some good off-label uses for a cigar? You know, the hobby is so much more than just sitting around and using utilizing a nicotine delivery system. And oh, so much more goes on, you know, I got to um, the cigar shop at 11 on Saturday for college football and didn't leave till 9 that night. And uh, that's a long stretch for me. But we were having fun. We were watching college football. We were laughing. We were joking. Um, we were eating way too much, <laughs> you know. And we were just we were tailgating all day long. And right. It just happened to be tailgating in a cigar shop. And I never feel the need that just because I'm in a cigar shop, I had to have a cigar in my hand. Right. I usually do, but... You know, Saturday, I finished a cigar. I probably sat around for an hour or so without a cigar in my hand, just enjoying, you know, the atmosphere and the guys and just having fun talking mm-hmm. and all. And that was a that was a great. So my number one off-label use for a cigar is as a unit of time. Is there anything means more than when people call you and say, hey, I need to talk about something. You got time to have a cigar? Because does that not lend a... A level of gravity to it or when somebody just calls and says hey let's go have a cigar together they're asking for an hour 30 hour 45 minutes of your time right and, well, and the last couple of weeks after the show we've been sitting around we've been um graced with it normally it's just the two of us sitting around after the show the last couple of weeks we've had other people at the table with us and it's been really fun to watch because you and i finish our show sticks at different rates and then we usually kind of wait for both of us to finish and then light up the second one although last week that thing took me forever that was weird but everyone kind of waits and if you finish yours a little bit early but I'm still smoking mine everyone sticks around you know last week the person we were sitting with finished his cigar before either of us and basically waited until we both finished our cigars said okay guys I gotta go home he probably had to have left, had, had intended to leave 30 minutes earlier, but it's it's that it cohesiveness. Well, you know, I always, when I'm sitting, if we're here on a Friday evening and I finish a cigar, but I've still got a lot of conversation left in me, I just ask Linda, hey, 
you ready to go home or is it okay if I light another stick? Because she knows I'm committed. Right. Once, I, once, this, once the fire touches tobacco, I'm t- The committed. Olympics are, are started. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like lighting the Olympic torch. Very good analogy. But, uh, but I really like that. I really like that aspect of cigar smoking. I think that's something that if you're not taking advantage of it, you should be. Yeah. And uh, also, good excuse to hang out with the cool kids. So at your wedding, since we were talking about your wedding, how great was it to kind of slide away from all the grandpas, grandmas, and all that and slide over to the smoking area and just hang out with the cool kids for a little now, while? It was, it was great. And it was... It was one of those things. It's so I would say I I would kind of phrase this a little bit differently. But in my list on, on kind of off-label uses for a cigar was a pause button, and that's kind of how we, you know you talking about my wedding is what I was thinking of. We had the uh, we had the cocktail hour was was originally supposed to be between the ceremony and the reception and give me an opportunity to hang out with my friends and have a cigar. It was going to be a cocktail and cigar hour. And we ended up having to change the order of things. We had it before, but we were doing pictures and all that stuff. So I didn't really get the opportunity that I had originally been intending, which is fine. That There's a lot going on that day. But being able to just say, hold up, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I'll be there and whatever. And just to what, whatever's going on in your life, in your day, whatever, just pause button. And I use that, you know... I work a relatively high-stress job, um, not in the way of like an EMT or a police officer or, or, some, or a doctor, but it's, it's it, your constant barrage all day long. You're putting out fires, putting out fires, putting out fires. And so oftentimes I will at 1230 just go, nope, time out, and I'll go to either sit outside if the weather's nice or go down the road to the nearest cigar shop, and I will take my lunch break. And I'm just hitting pause on the day. And I think it's great for that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of times that if I've got a meeting that afternoon that I'm really wanting to be in the perfect mindset for, I'll run up to the cigar shop and have a cigar. And just spend that time to to refocus and all the pause button. Great off-label use for a cigar. Time alone insurance. Now, this is not my case because my wife smokes with me. But I know a lot of guys that they're like, okay... Um, honey, I'm going to go smoke a cigar. And their wife knows, okay, this is my time to crochet a perverted pillow or whatever I need to do, and this is his time to go do that. And I think people miss that in the marriage equation. There are things, you know, golf is completely mine. Linda right. has no no touch in my golf life. And, I'll, and I know when I'm going to play golf, I'm not going to have Linda with me, and she knows that, and she adjusts her schedule accordingly. I don't think in a marriage you need to do a lot of things separate, but I do think you need to have certain things that are just yours. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's the what, what's the Corollaism? Lots of square footage and two DVRs. Is that you, you have to have the opportunity to separate to be able to come back together? Yeah, to appreciate being together. So you know, obviously, we talked a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, my wife's currently pregnant, so we're not spending time together when I smoke at the house anymore. But that used to be my favorite time of day would be after dinner and we clean up the kitchen. This time of year would be perfect. We'd go have a fire in the fire pit on the back patio and we'd sit together while I smoked a cigar and we would sometimes we'd play on our phones and then she, until she yelled at me and then we would just 
chat and just hang out together. And um, yeah, I think I think that kind of that kind of goes more to your unit of time versus the alone time. But nowadays, that for me, it is alone time. Well, you know, I always tell people. People talk to me about different things in life, and when they say, um, "Hey, we're going to go see a marriage counselor," now because you're going to see a marriage counselor does not mean your marriage is in trouble. It's in fact, great the time to do it is before your marriage. Yeah, is. it's it's like your knife. If your knife ever gets dull, it's too late to sharpen it. You should sharpen your knife while it's still sharp. Um, and they say, I say, "Okay, here's my one piece of advice for you for going to see a marriage counselor: drive separately. Never." drive together to a marriage counselor because the set you need that decompression time because when Glenda and I would go we would go in Brentwood which is about 30 minutes from my house that was awesome 30 minutes of decompression from the marriage counseling to home gives you time to organize everything well and because whether you're whether you're doing it as maintenance or as troubleshooting you know those sessions are not easy they're they're emotionally taxing they're mentally taxing and so within it i mean we we've experienced it what was it about a month ago i came straight from work i came burning rubber down here and i it was bef- it was at a time when my home humidor was empty so i didn't have a cigar on the way and i came in and we started and we were just bickering like an old married couple across the table we actually stopped the recording and said no we're not doing this. By that point, I had had about a half a cigar. All of a sudden, my attitude was completely changed. And so as that excuse for being alone time, like for me, that's how I turn work mode off and turn personal time mode on. Yeah, and that's that's valuable. That's yeah. really valuable and all. And especially if you leave the marriage counselor feeling good, you've got a bad marriage counselor. You should leave the marriage counseling questioning some things that you need to work on. I'm going to disagree with that. I think you can feel good about the progress you're making. I feel like you can make, you can feel good about the resolution or the path forward or the things that were uncovered. You you don't you have... You should feel a little uncomfortable. There should be a little discomfort. Sure, but that doesn't mean you necessarily have to leave not feeling good. I I think I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with leaving and saying, "Yeah, that was a that was a good session." That was it's like when you leave the gym. Sometimes you leave the gym and you're hurting already and you know you're going to be sore tomorrow, but you feel good because of what you did. Yeah, I and mean, that's kind of what you should feel when you leave there. And I, and I think that's important. That's what a marriage counselor should bring out on you. Now, one of my favorite off-label uses, travel destination. You know, hey, we go to Tampa. We go to Tampa to smoke cigars. We're going down there to Tampa. We're going to go to Davidoff, Geneva. We're going to go to 7th Avenue. We're going to go there. When we go to Orlando, we know what Corona Cigars is there. When we go to, on our way down to Mobile, we're going to stop at Huntsville, or not Huntsville, um, Prattville or um, Montgomery at the cigar shop there. It's kind of nice that when you're on a trip, you can just punch up on your phone, local cigar shop, and slide into a cigar shop and kind of get a little break. Is that an off-label use for the cigar, or is that just more about a, a, a benefit to cigar smoking, is have those built-in travel breaks, those built-in, like, where do you want to, you know, we, so my wife and I, over the holiday weekend a couple of weeks ago, went up to Chicago. And it was, it was great. We had a good time. Um, but... Obviously, again, right now we're not smoking. I'm not smoking around her, so there were no cigars for that entire trip. But 
you know, it took us a while to be like, well, where do you want to go? Where can we get quickly? Where can we fly cheaply? Okay, we can't, you know, it do, it's not in the cards to fly because the, the time is wrong. So where can we drive to? And it, with When you have cigars to be able to play into that, that equation, though, it makes that so much easier. Of, oh, we haven't been to Tampa yet this year. Or, oh, there's a cigar shop in Vegas that's doing an anniversary party. Or there's, you know, so I... I don't know that I would go as far as to call that an off-label use of the cigar itself, but it's definitely a perk to being a cigar smoker. Well, it's an intrinsic value to smoking cigars. And, you know, the Drew Estate, we were going to fly to Texas for the Drew Estate event before they canceled it. Mm -hmm. There was no reason for us to go to Texas other than that, but going to Texas is fun. Yeah, that was... You know... It's miraculous. That's what it took to get me to be willing to step foot in Texas again. Most of the... Most of the things you do in life are actually an excuse for doing something else. And, uh, you know, um, the Bible study I used to attend before everybody started having kids was great because the Bible study was part of it, but the bigger part of it was being out there with the guys and, you know, when we'd break off and the guys would talk about guy stuff and the girls would talk about girl stuff. And that, you know, the Bible study, you never want to call a Bible study an excuse, but it was, it was kind of a directive, but the bigger picture was getting to hang out with the guys. Right. And, uh, and there's so much stuff like that. You know, golf. I don't care how well I play golf. Right. I want to play I play golf poorly fast. That's fine. That, that way me and the people I'm playing with can enjoy ourselves. Golf is really just an excuse for me to spend time with people I like and spend time, you know, enjoy myself. That's why I don't, I don't get really bent out of shape about my swing. And uh, so, so much of the things in life you do is kind of an excuse to get to go do something else. Yeah, I would say I would say that's true, and I think that the cigars, more than anything, kind of lend themselves to that because you do have the option. Because cigar lounges are usually well appointed; they're usually very nice. You can usually pick up a nice drink there. You can, you know, there's so much you can do at a cigar shop. That is there really another hobby that you can do that with? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. You know, my sister-in-law and or sister-in-law and brother-in-law are in town, and he's at Crossville at this big bicycle meetup, and he's riding like thirty to sixty miles a day, and she's doing hikes and all that stuff. Don't seem like a lot of fun to me. <laughs> sounds like a load of fun to me. And I well, it sounds like a load of fun for the bicyclist, but for the person that's not the cyclist probably not as much fun well is it is like a organized hikes and and get oh yeah to, so it's not just like oh well, i'm going to do this you can tag along and figure out some mountains to climb well no yeah can, to whoever's credit they sold tickets to riders and non-riders and they had non-riders they had things every day for non-riders that's to the do. way to do that yeah and also they did do a good job of that is at some state park in crossville and mm-hmm. all they've had a blast and they'll be coming down to my house tomorrow to spend the weekend while they're down this way but the cycling kind of was a good excuse. It's kind of, you know, she wanted to go garage selling. Right. So he set up a bicycle ride in Crossville so that she could come and go garage selling. Right. And also, it's, it's funny, kind of the subterfuge. Life's, life's all about the trade-offs and the, and the lead-ups. Yeah, and it make, makes a lot of sense. All right, rate the 60. I'm going to go... I'm going to go six and a half. Because I don't know what you paid for it. Uh, so the re- MSRP was $19 and something cents. Um, would you have rather I bought you a Liga or a Padron? No, in fact, um, 
I mean, the Padron's the Padron. I, I actually made the decision. on my, So uh, loyal listeners to the show will know that on my birthday for the last six, seven years, my, the Liga 9 has been my birthday cigar. And I made the decision this year not to do it. I actually had the Placencia Almafuerte Salomon. Uh-huh. And, oh, my God, that cigar is good. Good smoke. It's a really good smoke. And um, that's going to be my, my new birthday cigar going forward. So, I mean, yes, the Padron's a Padron. But I like the exclusivity and the uniqueness of the fact that I would never have pick this cigar up for myself, regardless of price. I would never have grabbed this. So I, I appreciate that you kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone, but still with a good cigar, not a, hey, try this, he, 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 he. Sure. Well, I've never did that to you. And, uh, but the, um, it's a super solid, I could get it to a six and a half if I worked hard, but my gut says just a very solid six. This to me is everything a six should be. Yeah. And all. it's not a seven, but it's a super, super solid six. You know, sometimes we give it a six and we could be argued down to five and three quarter or five and a half. You couldn't argue me off a six on this one. Right. And you could argue me up to a six and a half if you really wanted to. Yeah. I, I, I think I think for me, if I had paid this for, if I had paid retail for it, for example, I, I think I'd probably be closer to a six because I was kind of, my hesitation initially was between six and six and a half. What if you'd paid double retail for it? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, I was kind of between that six and six and a half. You know, so I can I can easily see where you're at on that. But definitely could not get me below a six on this. And oh, I'll probably smoke not. another one. The price and the availability will probably make that prohibitive of it being something I do often. But I, I can see myself smoking another one at some point. And also, how do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us at facebook.com slash the cigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast, and email info at the cigarcast.com. Well, thank you everybody for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.